you'll notice application comes last because you need to observe, look at context, look at interpretation before you can figure out what it means for you. If we start with application, if we start with step four, we are going to be reading our own expectations, our own cultural ideals into the text. Welcome to Apologetic Simplified, a podcast about Christianity, theology, and culture. Hit subscribe to be notified of each new episode. And now, here's your hosts, Leah Chapman and Andrew Foster. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Apologetic Simplified. We are so glad that you're able to tune in and listen to us talk about things. We certainly are. Yeah, we're here to talk. (laughs) We're here to answer your questions. (laughs) All right, caller one. (laughs) We have a letter from... (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Our... uh never-ending goal being bob and larry maybe we should just go to that format and get letters <laughs> probably we uh we're supposed to have a letter from however uh postal service way behind so <laughs> you know what though we do kind of have a letter we do right because somebody um chose to leave us a nice review no i know isn't that great i really appreciate that for some reason we've gotten a lot of negative like stars lately so positive reviews you say you you appreciate like appreciating uh, exactly more pastoral appreciate i that's exactly what i said yeah and so i appreciate all those people who leave positive reviews uh and like five stars i says technically a rating five star ratings um but then they also left a written review uh they said thank you five stars i recently found your podcast you are both so fun to listen to I feel like we could just be sitting around at a coffee shop laughing and, oh, yes, learning so much about our faith. So thank you so much for saying that. That really lifted my spirits when I found it. So thank you so much. Yay. And at the time we are recording this, it is the first week of November. So let me just be the first one to say Merry Christmas. It's actually the second week of November now. No, it's not. It's the ninth. Yeah. <laughs> it's too first it's, full week of November. It's going too fast. I can't handle it. But you know, Merry Christmas. We're exactly. Of course, we both work at churches, so you know that's on the mind. Uh, Mariah Carey has defrosted. <laughs> we're ready to go. Oh boy. So anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about things today, as we do make our habit of doing. What are we talking about today? So today we're going to be learning about how to study the Bible through the book of Jonah. So we're going to be studying ah, Jonah. The VeggieTales um, movie. Exactly. Yes, we're going to study the VeggieTales version of Jonah, which had um, largely negative reviews, but with a strong cult following. No, we're going to be studying the biblical book of Jonah And in doing so, we'll learn some stuff about the book of Jonah, but then we'll also learn how to study the Bible. And this is something you can use on any passage in the Bible. Um, We're going to share some resources, which are all completely free and accessible. The whole point of this, um, though this might not be apologetic simplified, this is Bible study simplified. Um, We, uh, I want to make this simple because Bible study does not have to be hard. You do not have to go to seminary to study the Bible. Um, It's for... Is for all of us. This is God's word to us. And so we want to make it accessible to you through these basic study techniques and through these free and accessible resources. Yeah. So we've said that you can study the Bible, but why? Why study the Bible? Why take the time? Well, uh, we're, we're going to go into that. I'll, I'll just first say, because you know it's important. <laughs> but why is it important? Well, let's go into that. Uh, 
we first need to recognize that the Bible can be difficult to understand. There are lingual, cultural, and geographical differences, things that we in our modern Western minds and lives may not entirely understand. So let's start from the lingual perspective. Can I see a show of hands in here? Who knows? Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. I know two of them, sort of, barely. Sometimes. All right. I uh, I saw one hand. Anybody else? I'm oh, sure yeah. a few. I'm oh, sure yeah. a there's, few. There's, there's no one else that we yeah. can see here. It's just us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What the Hank? Where is he? I don't know. <laughs> so even if you do, like our own seminarian, there will still be some passages that are hard to understand because of culture. We live in a very different culture in the 21st century Western world now than they did in the ancient Near East. Idioms, who you call an idiom? Sorry. <laughs> Idioms will be different. Also, that's a linguistic thing again. So yeah, jumping back to our first thing. Cultural expectations and customs will also be different and we mustn't forget the etc. All those other things that yes. Leah didn't think about while she was making her notes. <laughs> Long story short, it's different culture, different language. Things are different, hard to understand. And also geography, you know, like shapes and squares, rectangles and all that fun stuff. Exactly. Or is it rocks? Wow, I'm all over the place. So geography, which is like maps and locations of things that we might not be familiar with. We live in a different place than they do. We have different cities. We have different roads. We have more stoplights. We have, uh, yeah, more, I don't know. Dollar generals and waffle houses, especially here in the south. I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, can you imagine if waffle houses around in biblical times? That's probably where Jesus have been opposed at the Last Supper. I was literally just thinking that. <laughs> we're too <simple. laughs> Take this waffle. This is my body. Take you this maple syrup. <laughs> you imagine all of us dipping our waffles in maple syrup every Sunday. <laughs> I don't know. More people might come to church. I don't know. Anyway. So anyway, all this to say, the Bible is a little complex. Very complex. It's a collection of 66 really old books. Those books were written between 2,000 and 6,000, 2,006 years ago, 2,000 and 6,000 years ago, depending on the book. It's going to be difficult to understand. So what's the point? Why bother? It's hard. I don't want to do it. Eh. Well, the Bible is how God has chosen to reveal himself to us. Uh, some people say the Bible contains the word of God, but we believe that the Bible is the word of God. It is exactly what God wanted us to have, and it's what he wants to use to talk to you. Yes. And, you know, we'll run into passages in the Bible. Um, frankly, Jonah is one of the simpler ones, but we'll run into other passages where we're like, what in the world does this mean? And you'll notice that scholars and Christians disagree with each other. And honestly, it's fine that we disagree with each other. But what we need to be careful of is making sure that we are going to the Bible and studying it and letting it reveal itself to us, letting God reveal to us what he intended versus taking our own cultural expectations and reading them into the text. That's what we have to be really, really careful of. Because when we read our own cultural ideals, into the Bible, then we are not reading it properly and we're not reading it as God intended. Um, but that doesn't mean that we should just say, oh no, this is too hard. I'm not going to study the Bible because frankly, basic Bible study 
is it that hard? There's going to be passages that are harder. Um, and there's other great resources to help you understand those issues more, but just basic Bible study is not that hard and you can do it. And it's worth doing it. Cause like Andrew said, this is how God's chosen to reveal himself to you. So take that opportunity to get to know the God of the universe who made you and loved you and saved you. Um, so here are these four basic Bible study steps. Um, and we are going to look at them, use them on Jonah, learn some useful resources, um, as we go through this. So first observation, what do you see in this passage? When I was in seminary, we had to take, I don't actually remember which book it was. I feel a little bad about that. It might've been Philemon. Anyway, we had to take this passage and make, I think, 30 observations on our first, for our first homework assignment. And then we came back and they went, oh yeah, those are fine. Okay, go home and do 60. We were like, what? <laughs> The whole point of that exercise is that observation is the most important step. It is step one in that it's the first step, but it's also step one in that it's primary. You have to have good observation and really look at what's going in the text, going on in the text before you can move on. It is the most important step. You can't skip it. Um, so we'll do that with Jonah. Um, and then context, what's going on around this passage? Um, around meaning, literally like around in that same book or in that same area of the Bible, around meaning like in the culture context. Uh, step three is interpretation. What did this mean to the original readers, however many thousands of years ago? What did it mean to them? And then lastly, application. What does this mean for me, for us today? You'll notice application comes last. <laughs> It is the last thing you do because you need to observe, look at context, look at interpretation before you can figure out what it means for you. If we start with application, if we start with step four, we are going to be reading our own expectations, our own cultural ideals into the text. Do not start with application. So we'll have observation, context, interpretation, and application. Okay, but like, can I start with application? Um, yeah, only if it's like a job application. Um, besides that, no. Okay. <laughs> observation comes first so let's go through each of these steps with the book of jonah and in uh preparation i was reading the book of jonah this morning and it's been a while since i read that i forgot just like how quickly and direct to the point it is yeah and i think that like explains a lot with me with my writing because i don't like to fluff things i just kind of they're like, this happened this happened this happened this happened it's like oh why do i write like that oh because i grew up reading like that yeah seriously like there's this whole part where there's just a little parenthetical where it's like, he mentioned this in a previous conversation. That conversation yep. wasn't included because it's not important. Yes. Yeah. And um, Jonah's also just a super short book. Andrew said he read it this morning. So if you're ever like, I want to read a book of the Bible, but it sounds really intimidating. Read Jonah. You have a good idea of what yeah. you're getting into because you listen to this. Read Jonah. Four chapters. They're really short. And it's kind of funny, honestly. <laughs> You'll, you'll get you'll get a wonderful uh, summary of the conversation between God and Jonah in a little bit. Yeah. So brace yourselves. Yeah, yeah. So Jonah, such a good place to start, man. For just to say that you read a book of the Bible, do it, Jonah, man. Um, and if you're like, I don't know how to navigate my Bible, just Google it. Book of Jonah. Click on Bible Gateway. Mm -hmm. Read. You're good to go. That's okay. So, like I said, we want this to be accessible and simple. Anyway, so let's go through these four steps. So first, the most important observation. What did you see or what do you see in the text? 
we are probably going to spend the most amount of time on this step because it's the most important. Observation. Um, so look at the players. So um, we have God. We have Jonah in Jonah 1. Um, we have um, the sailors who we meet on the ship. Um, and then we have a fish. So those are our players in the book. Um, I'll read some of it. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Okay, so my first observation is that God is getting straight to the point. Go do this thing. Okay, but, uh uh-oh, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Okay. God says, go. Jonah said, no. Um, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. And it describes um, how God sent basically a storm to get Jonah's attention. And through this, and I'm I'm just going to summarize through this, these pagan, um, these pagan um, shipmates showed more fear for the Lord than Jonah. Um, So that's an observation right there. Um, and then Jonah eventually says, you know what, just throw me into the sea. And they don't really want to, cause they don't think it's nice to kill people, but somehow he convinces them. And then it ends with now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So another observation there, God did not let Jonah die. Um, even the observation I read at the beginning in verse three, but Jonah ran away. That contrast right there, that's an observation. Hmm, We have contrast between what God said to do and what Jonah decided to do. Now, here's my summary for how God and Jonah interact. Our two key players here. God, go do this thing. Jonah, lol. (laughs) God, no, really, go do this thing. And then Jonah's like, crap. So that's that's my summary. I think the crap is probably once he got swallowed by the fish. I was like, wow, he's really going to make me do this, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) No, it should be pointed out that how he exited the fish was through vomit, which is... Yes. Slightly more pleasant. (laughs) I don't know. Is it though? I don't know. I don't I guess. So, um, and and, oh, you'll also notice um, that we did not say whale because the word is fish. And you might ask yourself, how did a fish swallow Jonah? And so that I answer that's a really good question you're gonna to have to ask god that someday but but the newsboys said it was a belly of a whale well they're wrong sometimes andrew mm-hmm. i know you love them but <laughs> uh, we, um so look at the players we did that compare contrasts um are there things being compared um yeah we have the prophet jonah prophet of god generally speaking prophets are expected to do what god told them to do um, and then we have these pagan shipmates who were generally speaking, not expected to do what God tells them to do because they don't worship that God. And yet we have this prophet not acting very godly and these pagan shipmates acting fairly godly and being, uh, and then we have the prophet Jonah human versus fish who, um, you'll notice if you read into chapter two, that uh, the fish obediently not only swallowed Jonah in chapter one, but then vomited him up in chapter two. So we have prophet Jonah versus fish. One is obedient. One's not. I'll let you figure out who. Then we have prophet Jonah versus the Ninevites. If we were to read into chapter three and four, you would observe that the Ninevites very quickly um, repented of their sins. Once Jonah finally preached his seven word sermon. You know what? I am going to read that. Hold on. It's too, it's too good, man. Uh, and it's seven words in Hebrew. 
40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. There was no call to repentance. <laughs> there was no, th- that was it. And he brewed seven words and then he was like, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> even, even the, uh, Veggie Tales version like had a call for repentance because his sermon and that one was stop it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, that's it. Just, that's it. 40 more days. It's like, and then it's like turn or burn, but without the turn side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just burn. You're going to burn. Bye. I'm going to watch. Yeah. But okay, so this is in chapter three. And then Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh. He rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself in sackcloth and sat down in dust, which is um, is sort of skipping the context. But if you studied the context, you would know this is how they mourn. Um, And he declares um, a fast so that they can beg God to not let them perish. It says, who knows, God may yet relent with his com- and with compassion, turn from his fierce anger so we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. So we have Jonah versus the Ninevites. Prophet of God should really be doing what God says to do. And Ninevites who probably won't because they don't know or worship this God. And yet in the moment, Jonah gave a crappy sermon and the Ninevites repented anyway. And God forgave them. So we learn more about um, Jonah's character or lack thereof and God's power to um, show mercy. Um, I'm guessing even to soften their hearts really uh, to do these think, people. Um, we do things and it just makes God face palm. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, another thing we can observe, um, which I'm just going to tell you because I don't have that in this passage, at least not that I remembered from my observations. Um, are there any lists present? What are they for? That's another thing you can observe. Um, look for conclusion terms like therefore, and you can ask yourself, what is the therefore there for? What are they summarizing in words like that? Um, another thing you can do when you're observing is actually compare different translations. So even if you don't know the biblical languages, read a couple different translations. Um, uh, I mean, the ones that come to mind are like New King James, actually pretty good. Uh, NIV and um, maybe NASB, right? You'll compare those Bible versions and see what's different. Um, and when you notice something different, that's a great time to do a little extra digging to learn more about what's going on in the original languages. And then another thing you could do for observation and really that'll also help you with context, which is where we're going next, is to read in the NET Bible, N-E-T NET. It's free. Um, a lot of places, including Bible Gateway, um, and they have copious notes. A lot of the notes are from Dallas Theological Seminary professors, um, and I've come to really trust that translation in those notes. Not so much to the degree of like, I agree with all of their translation decisions, but um, trust it in the sense that they explain why they chose certain translations. They explain what's going on behind the text. Like they... It's just a really great resource and it's free. So that's your first resource is the net Bible um, is great for Bible study in general and can be great for helping you with observations too. So that's step one, observations. What do you see? Just making a list of the things you see. Step two is context. And in the words of our favorite uh, meerkat Timon, you can read this and go, hey, what's going on here? Exactly. (laughs) but seriously, read the verses and chapters around the chapter you're studying. Uh, another great tool is a commentary on the passage. Uh, the most readily accessible commentary is the Matthew Henry commentary. 
we do need to have a little disclaimer here. It is quite old. It's good, but it's old. Uh, just know the language is kind of older. Uh, not like full blown old English, but you know, kind of like how Thor talked before Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, it was written. I think it said in 1706, so it's mm-hmm. a little old. <laughs> so yeah, there might be yeah. some of these and owls. Doth but mother know you wear her drapes and all that okay. fun stuff. Oh yeah, exactly. But it's not like it is. You can understand it. It's just mm-hmm. going to sound a little funny to you. Mm-hmm. And then you can download this thing called Bible Map if you have an iPhone. Uh, what that does is it shows you the verses of the Bible at the bottom of the page and the map of where stuff is happening at the top of the page. And there's some information. And that tells us a few things about what was going on here. So um, we know that God called Jonah and he was like, nope. So he uh, went to Joppa. From Joppa started heading to Tarshish instead of Nineveh. Well, what we know from the Bible map is that uh, Nineveh is about 500 miles northeast of Joppa. Tarshish is about 2,500 miles west of Joppa. So we know he was going in the complete opposite direction, like a lot farther. So he wasn't like, I'm just going to kind of take a detour where he was like, full-blown nope, I'm out of here. Now, to help you understand um, just how far this is. So if you start in Atlanta and God calls you to go to Jacksonville, Florida, and you say, no, thanks. I think I'm going to go to Los Angeles instead. You still won't have gone far enough just to help you just to, just to illustrate that for you. Like that's a really, that's a really long way. <laughs> so you'd have to like go in the Pacific ocean or maybe go up to San Francisco, you know? Okay. Uh, you know, I think, let's see, let's see. I have Google maps open right now. Let's see Atlanta to San Francisco by car. Okay. It's 2482. So Atlanta to San Francisco. There you go. Okay. So next time God calls you to do something you don't want to do, I, I recommend you go to Atlanta and then drive to San Francisco. Um, just, you know, just to give you plenty of time to think about it. <laughs> I guess, I mean, he, he got on a, like a boat, like a, was that like a, like a ancient Near East Greyhound? Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but you can see how uh, the context builds on the observations. We had already observed that Jonah said, nah, to what God told him to do. And no, thanks. I'm not going there. I'm going here instead. But then when we look at the geographical context and we see not only did Jonah say no, Jonah said, heck no. And he went to San Francisco. <laughs> like he, went, he went way far away. Wait, just, just to clarify, um, he did not. <laughs> actually go to san francisco if you're like a um you know a student in like christian school and uh you know you're having a test and like where did jonah try to go if you write san francisco you will not get the answer correct That's your really teacher will be amused but you will not get the answer correct and i do know we have a few listeners who don't live and um don't live in the u.s so i i encourage you to pull out your your map on your phone and look up what's 500 miles from you and what's 2,500 miles from you. Cause it really does help you understand just how far he was willing to go to avoid this. Yeah. He said, heck no. Anyway. So you can see how it kind of builds on itself. And obviously we're not doing a study of the entire book of Jonah. We do not have time to do that this episode. So we're just hitting the highlights, um, but you can absolutely do this. In fact, I, um, I gave my students at church homework 
to go study this on their own. And I said that if they study, we did Jonah one last week. I said, if they study Jonah two on their own, I'm going to give them a reward. Um, they don't know this, but if they actually did it, um, they're getting, they're getting a gift card. So we'll see how that goes. That's happening tonight. Anyway, so this is something you could do. I probably won't send you a gift card, so I'm sorry. But um, unless you're one of my students. <laughs> but anyways, let's move on to step three. Interpretation. What did this mean? Past tense. What did this mean when it was written? What would the original hearers and readers would have heard and learned? That was There's a better way to say that, but we're moving on. Um, and what I actually did last week uh, in youth was I said, okay, we've got our... We've done our observations. We've done our context study. Now pretend you are an ancient Near East kid and you are hearing this story. I want you to react like they might. And so I read it and they were amazing. They were just so like over the top and dramatic. And like when we got to, God told him to go to uh, Nineveh, but he went to Tarshish and they all went, what? Like it was, it was amazing. <laughs> Say it, what? It was the best, exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It was amazing. Um, you could do that too. Like, okay, I've done my observation. I've done my context study. Now I'm going to pretend how would I read this? If I knew those things I just learned then, and I knew it cause I lived in it, how would I read this now? Um, and so that's a great kind of fun way to do interpretation. And if you teach kids or youth, go for it. It was fun. I absolutely use that method. Um, so here's some ways you can do interpretation in Jonah. So we're looking at the book of Jonah again, after we've done our observation, after we've looked at context and we're saying, okay, this is what it meant at the time. We see that Jonah should have listened to God the first time. Um, the people of Nineveh, the shipmates and the fish were all more obedient to God than Jonah was. You can see this is just like a, a step beyond our observation and our context. And then in chapter four, a uh, three and four, we see that God is so merciful to the people of Nineveh. And so we see God's mercy is sometimes beyond human comprehension. It was certainly beyond Jonah's comprehension. We're not going to read that part of the story, but <laughs> again, you should read it. Um, trust God anyway. Uh, Jonah should have trusted God anyway. Um, it should have gave thanks for his mercy instead of complaining about it. Um, but God's mercy truly is just beyond human comprehension. God was talking to Jonah in chapter four and was like, how could I ignore these people? There's so many people who live there. And the funny part is, and then he goes, and so many animals like, hmm. like God, God cared about it all. He cared about it all. And so that's interpretation. What did it mean then? What's just, what's the, what are the lessons? What's going on just in the passage before we ever get to what does it mean to me? So now it's time to talk about what we've learned today. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> this brings us to application, which is the, what does this mean to me? Now, as mentioned earlier, this is the last step. Do not do this first. Do the other steps first. Do not do application first. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Stop slapping people with fishes. <laughs> I just want to know who's giving up $200. We need to find this monopoly, man. I know. Like, can I ever, can I just come visit you and always get $200? Just, is that like, yeah, every time you walk into his house, you get $200? Is that passing go or? Like his welcome mat, you like step on it and it's like cha-ching. And you're like, just don't step in the wrong place or you'll go to jail. That's true. That's true. That's a wrongful arrest. Isn't it? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. Do not do application first. Uh, we want to read from the text, not into the text. So what can we learn? 
The task God calls us to might not be easy, but fighting with God is going to make it way harder. So let's strive to be holier than unbelievers. Unbelievers. <laughs> uh, let's strive to be holier than unbelievers. And like, can, can we please just try to be holier than a fish? I mean, <laughs> come on. Come on, Patrick. <laughs> come on, Pat. Come on, Jonah. <laughs> uh, strive to be an instrument of God's mercy in the world. When you see mercy, don't don't whine about it. I mean, you should be happy to see repentance. You should be happy right? to see God exercising mercy. Um, you know, uh, when we were saying this, it actually had uh, uh, tossed me back to this Sunday at church. Uh, we had a couple of our missionaries here. Uh, to speak with us, and they have previously have recently taken on a new role within Global Partners, which is the Wesleyan Church uh, mission organization. They had been uh, missionaries in the field in Central America. They were recently called uh, now to serve stateside as mobilizers. Uh, they're based out of Southern Wesleyan University, and they are just looking for people with that call to mission and helping to get them in the field. And one of them was. Uh, very honest. She was saying, I don't want to be here. I want to be in Panama, but I also have mm. to trust uh, what God is telling me to do and realize how many people may be reached because I am able to send all these people out to these places. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's remember, great. What God tells you to do may not be easy. It may not be what you want to do, but it's worth doing. Absolutely. And you, I mean, here we are telling you how to study the Bible, but through this, we've got some real life application even just from doing this as an example, uh, I think that's something that we could all remember. It might not be easy, but it's it's worth it. And yeah, fighting with God is definitely going to make it harder. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> now, congratulations. You know how to study the Bible. If you have a bell, yeah. If you have a bell, you know, ding it or say woohoo or get clap your stars, hands. Go get yourself some ice cream. Absolutely. Congratulations. And in case you forgot, here are the steps again. Uh, we have observation. What do you see in this passage? Context. What's going on around this passage? Interpretation. What did this mean to the original readers? However many thousands of years ago. And application. Finally, lastly, what does this mean for me today? So application and, is first, right? Yeah. Application is not. You don't. Okay. You need to take back your cheer. Clearly you missed it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, what's the backwards of woo with the beat? Ow. <laughs> Observation, context, interpretation, application. Um, and then it's always helpful to have tools. So the free tools we recommended are the Net Bible, the Matthew Henry Commentary, or any other resources you can find on Bible Gateway. Um, the app Bible Map. It's uh, not plural. I keep writing as plural, but it's not Bible map. It's only on iPhone, unfortunately. If I find one that's meant for Android, I'll let you know. And then I didn't mention this one earlier, but Logos has a free book of the month um, that you can download. Um, it's it's great. It's so useful. Um, I'll link the current book in the show notes. I don't even know what it is, but I know people who every month they go and they download their free book because it's such a good resource. So those are free and accessible tools that you can do to study the Bible. So I hope that this has been helpful to you um, and that you can study the Bible, um, that you choose to study the Bible on your own. Maybe not. Maybe you don't do this every day. Maybe you read the Bible devotionally where you just read it, but then you see something and you go, hmm, that, that's kind of odd. What does that mean? Then you have these tools available to you and you can take the time to study it because you'll know what to do. 
And that's how, that's how I hope that you'll be able to use this. So I hope this episode has been helpful. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. Apologetic Simplified is a part of Leah Chapman Ministry Productions. To learn more, go to www.leahchapman.org. And thanks for listening.